Welcome to the Entre Pastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Entre Pastors Podcast. My name is John Sanders. I'm one of the co-hosts here, and uh, I'm flying solo in the studio this week as my buddy Les Hughes, my fellow co-host of the show, is out of the country visiting family, having a great time. We look forward to having him back probably on next week's episode, but I want to wish all of you a very happy new year. I think this is our first episode that we are putting out in the year 2022. So welcome if you're a brand new listener. Thanks for tuning in. This is a show where we celebrate stories like the one you're getting ready to hear in this particular episode. And uh, you're in for a good one today. So, hey guys, I got to tell you something. I used to think when I was a pastor that had all of these ideas about, you know, businesses I could start and, you know, what it'd be like if I had my own business. I used to think that I was some kind of a rare unicorn. Why am I a pastor who, yeah, believe me, I read a lot of the books, the church books and the theology books and all that good stuff, but why am I so interested in books on businesses? Why do I love to hear stories of startups and successful companies that started in someone's garage and grew from there. Why have I always been drawn to those stories? I thought I was kind of a rare thing. Here's what I'm coming to learn, and this is really good news. I'm not as unique as I thought I was in that regard. What I'm finding out as we have launched this Entree Pastors platform is that there are a lot of pastors out there that are just killing it in ministry and in business. And by ministry, I just mean traditional pastoral ministry. Why didn't we know about them? Why didn't I know about them? Well, I have a theory on that, at least in part. It's um, because we don't celebrate those stories in the church. You've got pastors that are just quietly crushing it with some businesses on the side or something else they do in addition to ministry, but we're not really allowed to celebrate that too loudly and proudly, and um, that hasn't been something that we have encouraged other people to go down that path. Well, that's all changing, man. Like I am enthusiastically encouraging pastors to lean into those, in many cases, God-given desires as he has wired some of us to be entrepreneurs. And it's good and it's okay and you can do both. And uh, this is the Both And podcast, okay, where you can be in pastoral ministry and you can also have a thriving, successful business that does some really cool things for you. And that is one of the success success stories that we're going to share in this episode. You're going to meet a pastor by the name of Mike Harper, and I'm titling episode 20 simply this, I started a business and sent my kid to college. And you're going to hear a story of Mike finding himself in a situation where, man, his daughter's heading off to college, a very expensive private college, and with his meager but kind of normal pastoral salary, He's not in a strong position to be able to afford that. And so what does he do? He turns to business. He turns to a skill that he had for much of his life, and he launches a business around that skill, and you're just going to hear some incredible things that happened as a result of that. And uh, I can't wait for you to meet Mike. I can't wait for you to hear his story. So without any further ado, let's get to this story, this interview I did with Pastor Mike Harper. Check this out. Well, Mike, it is my honor to have you as a guest on the Entree Pastors Podcast. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Well, welcome to the show. We're, we're grateful to have you. So uh, just a little context for our audience. Um, 
I heard your story when we interviewed Jody Pastori for our podcast, and Jody and I are good friends. He's He's been in my uh, coaching group, my mastermind for a while, and he just kind of mentioned a pastor that he helped launch a business and, and talked about some real success that you were having with your business. And I thought, man, I want to talk to this guy. So uh, I'm honored that uh, you and I were able to connect and, and that you're here sharing your story. I know our audience is in for a treat here. So why don't we start with this? Just a simple question. Why don't you give a little introduction of yourself to our audience? Tell us where you are in the world and maybe tell us a little bit about your journey into pastoral ministry, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, currently I live in Charleston, West Virginia, uh, a little suburb called Sissonville, West Virginia. And I've been, I'm, I'm starting, um, I'm, I'm just finishing my 19th year as pastor of North Hills Baptist Church. Um, I'll be beginning my 20th year here at this church. Of course, my journey began back in um, 1986. I was getting ready to head off to the Coast Guard. That, that was my passion. I lived um, in Ohio, right off of Lake Erie. So my entire life, I watched the Coast Guard uh, patrolling Lake Erie, and, and that was my passion. That was my goal. And, and once I got that in my head, I wasn't going to change my mind at all until the Lord got a hold of me one day. Mm. And uh, I, I could sense the call to ministry, but I rejected it because I wanted to do my own thing, like probably many of your pastors that are listening yep. have a similar story. And it, it was on a Sunday night, um, uh, a missionary came to our home church there in Conneaut, Ohio, and just his message was very simple, but very powerful. And uh, I, I, I knew then that this is the path God had for me. So I changed my plans went along with God's plans. I uh, graduated from Bible college. And in 1991, I started my first pastorate for six years. Uh, that pastorate was no pay. Hmm. Uh, so I was a manager of a restaurant and later a manager of a vending company there in Ohio and doing uh, pastoral work without a salary. Then in 1997, God called me to Tallahassee, Florida, and I was on pastoral staff working for ministry up there. And that's when I um, got my first full-time salary as a pastor, making 24000 a year. Whoa. I thought I was a rich What'd you do with all that money? Oh, <laughs> uh, it all went to rent living in Tallahassee. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, to, um, and, and of course, uh, I, I worked there then, and of course, after a year of working there, my lovely wife, we've been married going on 24 years now, she taught college at Pensacola Christian College. I lived in Tallahassee, and uh, obviously we fell in love, got married, and moved to West Virginia, where she's originally from, and uh, I worked one ministry in West Virginia. Then I was called to North Hills Baptist Church, and of course, I've been here since the beginning of 2003. Fantastic. And, and it's wonderful. Well, so here, this is interesting. Did I hear you say then you never did end up going to work for the Coast Guard? Like that was a, a dream, but you ended up diverting and going into pastoral ministry? Absolutely. Yes. I, I changed. 
God changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's interesting because I took a very hard look at the Coast Guard as well. Um, the thing that that deterred me, I also was running from a calling that I had sensed from a from a young you know young age. I, I really sensed that God would not stop me if I headed toward pastoral ministry, and so I did my best to suppress that and run from that. But I ended up becoming a firefighter instead. But I looked hard at the Coast Guard. But um, I decided when I talked to a recruiter and he said, well, we can't guarantee because I was like, I want to be maybe on a coast somewhere doing like search and rescue stuff. And that's what I had in my mind. And he said, well, you could end up on the Illinois River checking buoys and stuff. I was like, oh, well, (laughs) knowing how my luck goes with those things, I was like, that's probably where I'd be. So anyway, uh, I find that interesting that you took a look at that uh, career path, but ended up in ministry. So tell me about this, and you don't have to go too deep into this, but that, you know, the first six years you're serving as a pastor, you're doing it with no salary. And then on year seven, you break into the full-time gig and you're making 24K. Now, to be fair, that's in 1997. So that maybe went a little farther, but still, that's probably not a lot of money in 1997 either. So what is it about us as pastors that cause us to be willing to step into a job with no pay? Like, How many other careers out there can we can we call people into and go, oh, by the way, we don't have a salary for you, but you get to do the work? And it's even full-time, we'll call it. So tell me about yep. that. Like, What is it? We all have our own reasons, but why did you work for six years with no salary? Well, once again, it's a calling. And um, people have this mindset that all ministers um, have to make the ultimate sacrifice. They they must be poor. Uh, For them to be humble, they have to be poor. And, and of course, the the ministry that I worked for the first six years, um, I was willing... Um, to work for free um, due to the fact that I had a very good, at the time, paying job. I was the head manager of a a restaurant, then was promoted to district manager, then a vending company in Ohio um, wooed me away from that and doubled my salary. So financially, um, I was able to do that. Then 97, that's um, when I started getting paid um, for doing ministry. Here's a question. When you made that transition from, so you're working as a pastor, but I'm hearing you say you had a pretty livable income, a decent income. So then when you moved to the full-time gig, and I'm assuming that comes with a pay decrease, right? Now that you you went down to 24000 that probably represented a yeah. loss in wages, correct? Yeah, huge. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want, because I'm not trying to call out any one church or anything like that. I'm asking this more for the audience, because other pastors out there today sitting in a similar place where you were then, um, what what would have happened, do you think, if you would have approached that church and said, hey, I've got this idea to to be in business for myself, in addition to being a pastor here, uh, but 24K is not quite cutting it. I'll I'll keep working for that, but I'm also going to do... XYZ over here on the side, like how, how do you think that would have gone in 1997 in your story if you had, or maybe you did request that or suggest that? I don't know. Well, um, interesting. My, my back backstory when I was, um, when I was, okay, 
I had it. You still there? <laughs> we got you. I, I'm, I'm still in pastor mode because I'm still getting calls from church people. Um, <laughs> but anyways, as, as I go up my backstory, back when I was 15, uh, the only millionaire that we knew of in our community hired me to, to wash dishes and mow lawns at his restaurant. Well, I, I was very faithful at that. And he wanted me to paint all his rental properties. Well, I told him I don't know how to paint. Well, he says, well, I'm going to teach you. And boy, did he teach me. Hmm. Uh, he he told, taught me every detail. And from the age of 15 until the age of 52, I've been using painting as a supplement income. So when I was in ministry in Tallahassee, um, I continued to work full time, but also my days off in the evenings supplement my income from painting they had no problem with that, provided that it did not interfere with my first responsibility. Uh, however, there's a lot of churches, some in West Virginia, uh, they're kind of the old school. Mm -hmm. um, if God called you to preach, that's the only thing you can do. And uh, you just need to trust God. Well, yeah, we trust God as, as preachers, but sometimes... Um, God says, trust in me, but pick up a paintbrush. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's worked. It's worked. Yeah. So back in 97, I was considered full time at 24,000, but I also had to paint. And um, a lot of good stories there. I mean, I've, I've painted for state senators of, of Florida, got to know a lot of um, good people uh, in the legislators. Um, legislation there in Florida and got to make a lot of friends, painted their homes. And uh, so I've, I've always painted um, since the age of 15, even in ministry. Wow. Okay. Well, that's an interesting detail because, and not that, uh, not that there's anything wrong with this, but the way I understood Jody's story was that he kind of helped you get into that or kind of helped set you up with a business. But hearing your side of the story, you, you've been leaning on this, like this has been a part of your life and ministry for quite some time. So this wasn't a new thing here more recently when you launched into a, a business of painting on the side. Yeah. The, in the past, it was just a house here, a house there. It wasn't, it was, if I needed a hundred bucks that month, I found me a hundred dollar job. Um, you know what I mean? Just, just to make ends meet. I, I did not have a quote company. I did not have Mike Harper painting. Um, just, Hey, can you paint my living room? Yeah, I need a hundred bucks. I'll do it. It wasn't until I got connected with Jody that we actually went in business together. And that's was at a perfect time because that's when we were stressing about how we were going to pay for our children's college. Because making twenty four thousand a year, and even when I came to this church that I'm presently at, my at my starting salary was twenty four thousand. Oh wow! Somehow magical number twenty four thousand, and family of four very impossible, very impossible to to make it on twenty four thousand. And uh, so I painted when opportunities came. Then when my daughter decided that she wanted to go to a very expensive college. The fear of God was put into us. How in the world are we going to pay it? Because we've, we're old school. We want to help our children. Um, we, we paid all their education, uh, their uh, Christian school. 
and we being in the ministry there's not a lot we can offer our children financially so the one thing we wanted to do is uh, pay their college bills so we were in panic mode Mm. and and of course maybe we'll get into this it it, is amazing how god answered prayer in a big way and of course god's answered prayer was through jody pastori wonderful story well i love (laughs) that that when you get to it <laughs> yeah and that's where i'd love to go is i'd love to hear that story yeah. then of how how you had the mindset shift to to say okay rather than just being something that you know i do occasionally when i need a few extra bucks this is we're going to actually launch a business and uh, so tell the story you know how how did this all come to be i'd love to hear and so riff away and yeah. I'll, I'll jump in with questions if i think of any well it, it all started of course as I said, Jody and I, we've been, we've been friends for over 20 years, um, fellow pastors in the same association. So we would go to different association meetings and, and um, uh, kind of a, a casual friendship in, in the same pastor support group. And uh, one particular day, of course, I, I was at his job site um, and I, I was just casually visiting him. I mean, just casually. And I made mention to him, I said, man, my daughter just picked a, a college that there's no way we're going to afford. I have no idea how we're going to pay for this. Uh, I know we need to trust in the Lord, but I don't know how this is going to happen because we already told our children we're going to pay for their college. And uh, so Jody says, well, if there's anything I could do to help you, just let me know. And uh, so we were just talking, whatever, and I made made mention about painting and his eyes lit up. He said, do you paint? I said, I've been painting since 15. Mm. He said, it just so happens that I'm looking to, to get into the, the painting part of the business because he did the power washing. A lot of times after you wash and power wash something, um, a house needs to be repainted or a deck needs to be restained or uh, things around a home needs to be um, kind of touched up after washing. He said, I, I've been looking for a painter. I said, well, I'm your guy. Well, Mm. wow, wow, wow. We went ahead and launched that. Of course, he he was the main uh, source of the business, the financial backer. And we made one mistake. This is the one mistake we made. We made business cards. Mm. And we started passing them out to customers. And it's been insanely busy unbelievably busy to the point where I told Jody, uh, let's hold off on the business cards because <laughs> I am booked solid for eternity. It wow. seems like it's just amazing. And it all came from a prayer. Lord, how are we going to pay for our kids college when we could not save? Um, because my highest salary in ministry has been 32,000. Um, after the, the benefits and everything. Uh, and of course, my wife is a school teacher for a, a Christian school, very small pay in comparison to a public school. Uh, so there was a lot of sacrificing, a, a lot of uh, panic um, every month. How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to uh, get through this month? And it, it was a real struggle. Um, but the Lord always provided through the means of me painting and my wife piano lessons. And, um, and, and it's just been amazing 
Now, um, the painting part of the business is, is just, I just cannot tell you how much God blessed. And it's all because of trusting the Lord, but going forward with a talent that he has given you. Um, I did not realize back when I was 15 that that particular um, skill that was taught to me by our community millionaire uh, would support my family all these years. It's just so amazing. And I, it all comes down to the fact that God knew my needs before I knew my needs. And he provided that through this secondary business. Yeah. And absolutely amazing. Absolutely so, amazing. How many years ago was this that you formally kind of hooked up with Jody and started this as a more formal business? It was about six years ago. Okay. Uh, that's when I was in pan- my, my daughter was still in high school. Of course, my son was in middle school and she started looking at colleges her junior year. That's when the fear came. And, and it, it's amazing how every single step was provided by the Lord. Now, God didn't write me out a check and say, here's your daughter's college bill. He provided the platform to make it happen. And, um, and, and of course, the, the the church that I'm at now for 19 years, I'm, I'm considered full time with the understanding that I need to supplement my income um, because we're a small community church and um, we don't have the big church salaries. Yeah. Um, but they, they're very gracious in how they have taken care of me and my family. Um, little gifts here and there. It's just amazing. And it's all because of God's faithfulness. And when we as pastors are faithful, God will always provide a way. Uh, But we must be willing to um, take advantage of opportunities that come along. I I think that's the key is identifying what is an opportunity and what needs to be faith. That's the key right there. Yeah. Did you have any, uh, first of all, I want to ask about like barriers first in your own mind was there any mental roadblocks that you had to work through as you moved into this place of i'm a i'm in business like i have a business and we're going to operate this as a business and then did you bump into any conflict it sounds like your church is is supportive and i'm grateful for that because it nothing fires me up more than when i hear of a church that pays their pastor a, a pretty low salary and then forbids them from doing anything beyond that as though somehow, you know, Hey, you should be grateful. We're paying you 24,000 a year and letting you be yeah. full time, you know? So did you have any personal <laughs> mental hangups? And then did you, did anyone in the church go, Hey, pastor, we don't see you in the office as much as we used to. I'd love to hear some of those, your thoughts on that. Well, what's amazing, the, the church that I'm right at right now, um, I say right now, I plan to be here until they get tired of me. Uh, but they, matter of fact, most of my customers starting out were church members. Uh, when, when I announced that I was going to um, take this on, um, I've painted for every single one of my deacons and their families. Wow. I've, it is it is very, very supportive. I've done remodeling for a lot of our church people and, and, uh, and of course, um, they've been supportive. I, I believe my biggest hurdle is my own conscience because I am so consumed with um, keeping on schedule. Um, I have all these customers. As of right now, um, I, I kind of 
some a customer repeat customer texted me about five minutes before you uh, before we got connected and wanting me to do a, a complete remodel job. And as of right now, I have over 30 clients waiting on me that I have booked throughout the year. And that's, that's wow. a lot. <laughs> have you, have you given thought to scaling your business and what that looks like to bring on a team? And so you can be in more places than once at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, Jody's been trying to get me to do that, but like I tell him, um, I, I I want this business um, to be a blessing to to meet the needs that we as a family have. And um, my daughter's college bill is is, is, um, done. My son, thankfully, um, joined the military. Uh, He's in the Air Force right now. Of course, his college is going to be paid in full with a GI bill, but we're obviously going to with living expenses. Because what, what you do for one kid, you have to do for the other. Um, but regarding um, future business, I've, I've had um, four individuals help me paint. Um, and uh, let's just say they, they don't have 30 years experience like I do in painting. And, yeah. and uh, um, so... It could, and, and like, like, like I mentioned, Jody is really wanting to take off with this, uh, but, but the issue is I don't, want, I don't want this business to interfere with my first calling, and that's pastoring. Um, hopefully, um, it hasn't consumed me yet. Hopefully, it hasn't got to the place where it's too much, because a lot of times, um, maybe pastors that are bivocational, their, their, their job straps them down so much that they have nothing left in the tank for ministry. I don't want to get there. Um, I'm not there yet. Um, and, and if I have a bunch of employees that may create stress that I don't need, but people handle it differently. Jody handles it great. I mean, he's a success story. Um, I, I, I wanted my prayer was God help me pay these bills. And he did. Um, I'm not looking to, to get a Rolls Royce or anything like that, or a Learjet. I, I just want to be comfortable and take care of my family. And um, I think that's been my focus. Every, every person's different. Every person has a different philosophy. Um, my first calling is pastoring. And God has given me this platform of painting to supplement what I need to get, get through that month. Now with being 52, uh, I'm getting close to retirement age wise. Um, I'm nowhere there financially. Uh, so obviously I'm going to have to be aggressive in, 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 in painting and saving because the salary I'm getting now um, really doesn't give me much to save for retirement. And of course, having a, a small salary in ministry all these years, we weren't able to um, to save like we would like. So, um, to answer your question, I'm not opposed to exploding with with a bigger staff, but the problem is uh, a lot of people 
can't paint. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's two different kind of schools of thought on that in business. The one yeah. is if you scale things out, obviously you can do more and be in more places yeah. than one. And so there's that whole thought, but there's that other right. thought of if you just want simplicity and, and where you build it around your lifestyle and it provides what you need it to, then I think the important thing is that you're clear on your goals and that the business is serving your needs first and foremost, you know, because th yeah. there's really no end in sight for how big a business could scale. And that's not always, that's not always best that, you know, you sometimes can create something much, uh, you create a monster basically. So I think you're wise and, in, in uh, kind of measuring your priorities there and just seeing where, what's right for you and what, what's a good fit for you and your family. I was going to ask you about that too, just the whole concept of time. When I deal with a pastor who is successful in business, I like to hear how do they, you know, what are some tips or tricks, hacks you might say that you would share with another pastor that's thinking about starting a business but is concerned? You know, I I still love the church. I still feel called to, to the church and want to serve the church. So, because what we're not saying is, hey, pastor, you know, do do a half, you know, a half job at the church. You know, give them your second best. It's not my message to pastors. I think right. you can do both. So how do you do both? That's maybe the question. And what tips or advice would you give to that pastor that's thinking about maybe launching a business but already feels like I'm overwhelmed with how much work I have to do in, in ministry, let alone launching a business? Well, I, I can only tell you what works for me. Now, this may not work for everybody. Uh, number one, I have a great wife. Um, she keeps me balanced. Keep, she keeps me prior, prioritized. I have amazing children that are very supportive. They, they have never caused me an issue, uh, behavioral problems. And that, that's been a blessing there. So, um, and, and thirdly, I have a, a great church family. They're very supportive. I've, I've never had any major conflicts. So right there is a win-win-win. Um, but I make it a point whenever I do a bid for a job, I let them know up front, I'm a pastor. Um, your project is secondary. Um, if there's a church emergency, I'm out the door. If, if there's a family emergency, I'm out the door. And it's finding that balance. What works with me is um, I don't overschedule myself during the week. I make sure that Wednesdays I have time to prepare my lesson and, and to check on shut-ins, to check on the church people. Um, even while I'm working, throughout the day painting, um, when I take breaks, um, of course, we're in the middle of COVID right now, so I'm not able to visit nursing homes and hospitals like I used to. So I do a lot of my visiting over the phone. Mm -hmm. I can do that while I'm painting. So that's, that's worked. Yeah. And, and what's difficult for me is I have that guilt complex that I have to spend 80 hours a week doing church work or I'm not being a good pastor. And I think I've been kind of conditioned that way over the years because that's the expectation um, that I think that has been placed on us pastors, but that's not really the case. Yeah. Uh, maybe have a handful of people that think, well, well, preacher, we pay you to get my groceries and we pay you to, to, to always be ready to come in a mo moment's notice. And we'll know I serve the Lord and, and oh, I can tell you stories, John. Yeah. I can tell you stories of ministry. Of course, I, I've been a pastor since 91. 
Um, so I have a lot of stories of some people putting too much on the pastor that they that should, but but a, a pastor that has a good church family, a good supportive family, um, there is no reason why they can um, they can't launch a business. Um, I, I never thought I would until Jody introduced me to it. And um, just in six years, all I can say is, wow. Yeah. Absolutely wow. And it's God. It's yeah. God. Yeah. It, it, it's God doing the work and, and God blessing the work. Yeah. And another confirmation that it's of the Lord. I love that. I have one more question for you, and then then maybe one more I'll save for our backstage content. But um, one one thing I also like to talk about pastors that are in some kind of bivocational ministry, and I apologize for the pounding you hear if, if it's coming through the mic. I've got some carpet layers up above me in our home today putting down carpet. So anyway, um, I, I love to talk to pastors that are out in the marketplace about ministry opportunities that they get because they're in the marketplace that if they were just sitting in their church office, they would not be able to get. Do you have any stories or you know examples like that where you – have found yourself doing ministry while you're working in the marketplace, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah. There's, there's been, I, I would say, dozens in just the last six years of clients where as I'm working on their project, and, and of course, they feel comfortable sharing um, personal concerns because they know I'm a pastor and do counseling, and it's like two for one. They pay me to paint and also get counseling. And there's been so many, I would say dozens of families that, that I believe God positioned me there to help them through um, a crisis. Um, one particular um, person I had the privilege of leading to the Lord um, because they were going through hard times. And, and it, it's just amazing how God would lead me to people that I never would have met otherwise. And a lot of my clients now are not members of my church, but they're um, friends on Facebook where they watch our church services live. And I can, a lot of these um, clients that don't have a church affiliation, they don't go anywhere, but just doing that simple paint job we developed a friendship and we're on Facebook. We're, we're Facebook friends. And, and, uh, they refer to me as their pastor, even though they don't attend here, but they, they, they support the, the ministry. I, I would say there's over a dozen that I can think of right now that I would have never been able to minister if not in this position. And, uh, and, I believe God um, knows the needs before we, we know them, and God sends us to the right people. Um, it, it's just, um, I, I really can't put it in words, John, how um, people um, are hurting out there, and they don't have a pastor to, to call up. They don't have a church to, to get that support, and when I'm there and they begin to share what's going on. Um, I put down my paintbrush, sit down, get a cup of coffee and help them through the crisis. Yep. Uh, and, and that's another confirmation yeah. that I, 
that I believe that the Lord is using the secondary um, business to reach out in our community because I paint in our community. Um, it, it's just amazing. And, and as far as specific stories, of course, I, I can't share all of them because they're confidential because, sure. it, but there, one was suicidal, um, one attempted, and um, I was able to, to get them help. Matter of fact, I had to call 911 when they called me at night wow. saying that they, they're, they're going to end it. And this was a client, <laughs> not a church member, right. a, a client. Right. And, and I'm like, wow, um, that person got my business card, had me come paint their living room or garage or, or kitchen and went through a crisis and God already had a preacher there to help. So once again, John, it's another confirmation that um, the Lord's in it. I love that, and and that preacher was getting paid a livable wage. Well, you know, while he's there serving, and it's ministry. Whether you're painting someone's house or whether you're sitting behind your desk in your church office, you are being obedient to your call. And that's where I just feel like, man, if we can empower pastors to work through the mental hangups and, in some cases, maybe the structural issues in their church that might you know, keep them held back from this sort of thing. If we can get them freed up to be out in the marketplace doing something they love, something that God has gifted them to do, and uh, and doing well financially for their family, like to me, that's that's going to help them stay in it much longer when there's health and vitality and financial margin there. So, uh, Mike, I love your story, man. And, and uh, we're going to invite you to stick around and join us backstage. Before we started the interview, you shared a really cool story with me very specifically about uh, a huge milestone that you've reached with your business. And I'm excited for you to share that with our audience. So we'll we'll ask you to stick around for just a few more minutes and, and uh, we'll have that conversation backstage. But do you mind real quick, if someone had any questions, if, if anyone in our audience wanted to reach out and get, you know, pick your brain about maybe starting a painting business specifically, or maybe they want to hire you to come and paint their house. I don't know. But if someone wanted to reach out and connect with you, Mike, what's the best way for someone to do that if you're open to it? Yes. Um, my cell phone is the best way to contact me because I never leave home without it. All right. Um, 304-993-3399. Fantastic. So you're open to a pastor shooting you a text message or giving you a call if they wanted to go a little deeper with you. And have them emphasize that they're not um, telemarketer. I don't need an extended warranty, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't answer my phone if I'm not sure what the number is because I'm I'm so busy. Uh, But uh, but if if you need some painting done, I'm I'm booked till July of next year. So Fantastic. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, Mike, I uh, I love your story, and I'm grateful for you coming on and sharing. I know you may you may think, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a simple story, but it's going to be yeah. an inspiration to somebody listening to this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. Good stuff from Mike Harper. For those of you that are subscribers to our backstage content, don't go anywhere because real quick, we're going to be joining Mike backstage as he's going to share some really cool stuff that has happened as a result of starting his business and where he's at now with that. So stick around. We'll be there in just a few minutes with you. But hey, a couple things to let you know about. For those of you that listen to this podcast when it's hot off the press, a couple dates I want you to be aware of is coming up next week, January 11th. 
We've got our monthly live Q&A call for our membership community. So uh, for those of you that are in that membership community, don't miss that. Those are really fun times to get together with our members and let you guys ask questions, see what progress you're making, hear your stories. And so that'll be at 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to jump in the membership between now and then, do it. We're, we're still at our founding members price of $29 a month for that. It's getting ready to go up as um, we continue to grow that community. So get in on that while the pricing is still at the lowest point it will ever be because it's only going up from here. So uh, we've got a mastermind call coming up next Wednesday for our Entree Pastors Mastermind. Those are powerful uh calls that we have each and every, well, not each and every week yet. We're going to get there at some point, but right now we're meeting twice a month with that mastermind. So if that's of interest to you, all of this can be found at entrepastors.com. The big date that we've got to share with you coming up next is our Entree Pastors live event, our virtual event coming up on January 18th. And uh, man, if you have not registered for that yet, I would encourage you go to entrepastors.com and right at the top of the page, we've got a link for our live event. You can get more details there. Um, there's still time to get in at the early bird pricing. That price is also getting ready to go up here very soon in the next few days. So anyway, those are some big dates coming up that I want you to be aware of and join us for as much of that as you desire. We'd love to have you in any or all of that. So come check it out. Be a part of what God is doing inside of this group of entrepreneurial pastors and good stuff. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all that you do as you serve God in pastoral ministry and in the marketplace. We need you out there. We need you doing the work that you're doing. So keep it up. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have a great week, everyone. All the best. God bless.